This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Knicks and Nets at the Garden. It was an interesting game, at least for a while. Mets are ready to go. Yankees rained out. Here we go. Join us at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM along with Ryan the Brain and Will the Thrill. We're here until midnight. Dennis Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN in New York. And of course, the final four of the March movie mayhem, the best heroes and villains in the movie world. Starring Gordon Damer. Hi, Gordon. Larry, how we feeling, my friend? Oh, I'm great. Okay. Great. Absolutely. Really? Yes, great. I had I I let me let me um let me take this opportunity uh to be a shill for our company. All right. All right. I thoroughly enjoyed ESPN's two coverage of the game tonight. They had inter- they they uh had various interviews. They had the broadcast was with all the uh you know, the graphics and everything through mm-hmm. different eras. So you had the 60s in the first quarter. Okay. 70s in the second quarter, 80s in the third, and 90s in the fourth. Great guest, Oscar Robertson, uh, Kareem, Marv Albert, uh, just a, a bunch of a bunch of different folks who, who um, were Dick Stockton, uh, you know, a bunch of different folks who were, who were among many who were part of the broadcast uh, tonight and just, you know, Reliving different eras and different, how the game was back then. It, it was thoroughly enjoyable. Now, here's the reason why I went that route, Gordon, because I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I knew that I expected the Knicks to put up a good fight, but ultimately I knew what was going to happen in the end. And what was going to happen in the end is, which is something that has happened on numerous occasions this season, as far as the Knicks are concerned, they just don't have enough talent to battle top teams when they make runs. Okay, you look at you look at the elite teams in in the game. When a team bounces back, okay, you usually get that team star against your team star, right? And you have a little back and forth. It's like, all right, Durant against Curry. Oh, look at this. Uh Embiid against Giannis. Look at this. Uh Durant and Irving against Toppin? Maybe Barrett, you know, it's, it's the, the, the talent level is just so lacking. And it's even worse, obviously, without Julius Randle. So even though the Knicks had a tremendous start and had a great first half, scoring 67 points, which was outstanding, Gordon, you knew what was going to happen in the second half. This, to me, was the Brooklyn Nets in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Sloppy, taking the game almost seemingly for granted early on sleepwalking through the first half, falling behind, almost to a degree that you're like, how, how could they be losing by this much? How can they be playing this poorly? They're down 21 points in the third quarter to the Knicks. The Knicks have nothing to play for. And then, which the Nets hope this is the case the rest of the way, they flip the switch, hit that next gear, and away they go. And uh, away they went from the Knicks. The, the Brooklyn Nets scored 38 points in the fourth quarter. The Knicks scored 31 points in the second half, and that's all she wrote for the Knicks. It went, when Durant and Kyrie were focused and wanted to do it, they did, and then other guys chipped in. Seth Curry had some shots there. Patty, uh, Patty Mills. Mills, absolutely. So 
That's the, the Nets have to hope that this is them kind of in a nutshell for the season. Ugly early, but when engaged, there's nobody that can stop them. Gordon, I'm going to tell you, uh, they're not going far if they're going to give up 67 points in the first half. <laughs> I'm just telling you. E- even with all the scoring and everything, it's going to be tough to do because, once again, you're not, you're not going to be able to hold teams to 31 points and a half when you get to the elite teams. You're going to have to do some more scoring. And so the question is going to be, which, which you make a great point, can they score at that level to surpass the opposition that they're going to have? That's going to be the question because I'm just saying they're, they're not going to be able to outscore everybody like this. They're going to have to come up with some defensive intensity somewhere. You'd like to think so. Um, but when you're taking on a team that's 10 games under 500 with no, nothing to play mm-hmm. for, you can get by with that. Now, whether or not they can get by that in the playoffs, you're right. That remains to be seen. They're going to have to bring their level of interest far before the, what, six-minute mark of the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, that's for But sure. tonight, that was all they needed. Yep. And, and Durant is just, I mean, he's incredible. Even on a night where he hit two of ten three-pointers, he still puts mm-hmm. up a triple-double. Yep. I mean, there's nowhere he can't get. There's nowhere that, uh, that Kyrie Irving cannot get on the court. So we'll see. Now, the Hawks won tonight, so the Nets are still in that in that position where they are, I guess, eight, right? But yeah. still to be determined because they're tied with the Hawks. They're a game behind the Cavaliers. So even mm-hmm. though we're coming down the stretch here with only a couple of games to play, still a lot for the Nets to play for because I think you, you definitely want to be eight. You don't want to be nine. Right, right, right. You don't want the one and done. No, not, <laughs> not, not generally. And i got to be honest, for the Knicks – they did something that I didn't think was possible. They made me actually care about this game tonight. This was a yeah. game, as a Nick fan, when you, when you play as strongly as they did in the first half and even at stretches in the third quarter, you're like, I, I want to get this game. I know mm-hmm. the season's over. I know yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. I know yep. Randall's not there and Mitch is not there. I, I, oh, man, oh, I'd love to be able to, to stick it to the Nets a little bit, yeah. but yeah. the Nets just are just too it. good. Just not Couldn't enough do talent. It. You don't have you don't have enough talent on your team, Gordon. That that's the bottom line. You don't have enough shot makers. And uh, but I, I'm gonna throw something at you, Gordon. I, this is something I never thought I'd see. You see the minutes for Obi Toppin tonight? I, I had to. I thought it was like printed in the Onion, or, or you know, it was like a farcical newspaper, the Babylon Bee, or something like that. Because 43 minutes. He's had months. He didn't play 43 minutes co- combined. That's right. That's right. And not not bad. Seven no. of 13, 19 points, no. uh, five he, rebounds, it, three assists, three blocks. This Not idea bad. that he that he was only warranting 10 and 12 minutes this entire – I mean, that's what – we brought it up the last game they played. I don't remember what day it was. It feels like these two years have been a complete waste. Mm-hmm. And that's a prime example. Last three games, he's played 30 minutes or more, 20 points, 20 points, 19 points. Mm-hmm. He can I, give you I, something. He he can give you so he he can play. He can play. He can play a little bit. He can play. Now, a little now bit. I'm not saying he's a starter per se. Exactly. Maybe he's not, but he's a tw- he should have been this season a 20 minute a night kind of guy on a regular mm-hmm. basis. So another reason why it feels like it's been a completely wasted year. See, for me, he has earned the right. And let's say hypothetically, you bring Julius Randle back, right? He has earned the right and the confidence that you would say. I don't really have to play Julius Randle 40 minutes a night. I no. could play Julius Randle 30 minutes a night, and I could give him 15 to 18 minutes a night, and, and we'll be okay, and Randle will not be exhausted at the end of the season. 
You could say you, that. You could, you say, could that. say that. Now, let's hope that maybe the fact that uh, the first part is not true, that maybe Julius Randle won't be here. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, there's no reason why. I mean, again, we've brought this point up a thousand times. The guy was the eighth pick in the draft. If, yep. if, if you don't, if you, clearly they think he's a bust. I mean, if you're only playing the guy 12, 13, 14 minutes and only playing him begrudgingly, basically when the season is over, that's a sign that you have major doubts about him. I mean, there's no other way to read it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what's funny? And and I saw this on Twitter, and I don't remember who. Well, Larry, just go there, and you you, you can give them the the response that they have. Oh, it's Buddha. And and Buddha mentioned on Twitter about – uh, Tibbs yelling and screaming when he should be encouraging and diagnosing as usual. And I do think there comes a point where, and it's, it, it, maybe it doesn't have to be him, but you'd like to see a little bit more of maybe the assistants talking to some of the young players when they come over, Gordon, mm-hmm. and pointing out some things that they're doing. Okay, you know, listen, because you saw that early in the season, but you haven't seen that lately. And you've just seen him, you know, every time there's a turnover, he's throwing his hands up, his arms up in the air. He's frustrated. He's angry. He's, he's Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> you know? Yeah, now that, now that Randall's gone, he's doing all this. Yeah, when Randall exactly. was in there and playing, mm-hmm. we, we didn't see that much of this, this no. act. No. Mm-mm. Very interesting. It is. It is. Well, and Randall's his guy. He's, he's mm-hmm. back. No, he's attached he himself to him. Absolutely. He's right. In the words of Mike D'Antoni, talking about Jeremy Lin, during Lynn Sanity, Gordon, he stepped up to the mic and said, I'm riding Jeremy Lynn like your ride secretariat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's what Tom Thibodeau has done with Julius Randle. He is riding the Randle train. And now that Randle's, you know, uh, not Randle's train has derailed for this mm. for the season because of injury. Now he's just going back to the yelling, screaming, and, and doing the other stuff that, you know, that sometimes you need to, you know, you need to make the adjustment. Now there were a couple of times when they had the lead. He was he was out on the court and, you know, giving dap to all the players because they played hard and they deserved it. You know, and and you know that's how he is. He, he's a screamer. He's a yeller. But I just thought there were a couple of occasions where you can't jump on every young person's mistake, Gordon. You know what I mean? They're going to make mistakes. The reason they're making mistakes is because you don't play them enough. Well, <laughs> that might be part them, of it. They're making it. Yeah, and, 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 may, and maybe if they're still making the same mistakes, maybe you're not articulating it well mm-hmm. enough either. Um, yeah. But just to get back to the Randall thing, last year it worked. Last year it was Secretariat. This year it's <laughs> it's old Longface who's headed <laughs> to the glue factory. So you have to kind of adjust with the times, and yeah. I don't think that Tibbs did that well enough this year. He has not. He has not. And, uh, you know. And I was a little disappointed, uh, Gordon, in Emmanuel quickly tonight. Yeah. He just seemed as though Oof. that – he didn't want to shoot. He didn't want to shoot. He felt like he was going to get his shot blocked. He just I mean, he, he was, was tossing up hesitant. air balls. He was very hesitant tonight. Yeah. Uh, he, he was I, one of eight, one of six from three, three or four from the three point, uh, three or four from the free throw. They had six points. I mean, and there was a, yeah, go ahead. so hot and cold. I mean, it, I yeah, mean, yeah. Is, is there a guy who can can ride that? I mean, it's such a range of of outcomes with him. Mm hmm. It feels like that this ha- and and usually when he goes into one of these slumps like this, it usually it's not just like a one game thing. It's like four or five games, and then all of a sudden he comes out of it. Well, he won't have four or five games to come out no, of this. One. No, let's hope not. <laughs> and let's hope it doesn't He's extend to next more. year. That's it. That's He's it. got a couple more. One eight hundred. Yeah, exactly. We'll take your phone calls in a moment. We'll hear from Jay Well. 
We're also here from Jeff Van Gundy, both of them talking about the Nets and the Knicks, Knicks respectively. But right now, we hear from Gordon Damer. It's Final Four time in the March Movie Mayhem. Yes, Larry, we started with 64. We are down to four. Ooh. The Final Four. We're a couple Ooh. of days late, but, you know, better late than never, as they Absolutely. say. Absolutely. Good things come to those who wait. Exactly. Although, with some of the votes in the past, well, let's not go there. <laughs> no, no, no. This will be different. This will be, be different. All right. Yeah. Left side of the bracket. Region 1. The winner of Region 1 was the number 6 seed. The number 6 seed is... Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Breathe in through nose, out the mouth. Yes, of course, Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi taking out Red Bellew, Daniel LaRusso, Forrest Gump, and Pedro Serrano on his way to the Final Four. Can he pull off another miracle wow. as he goes up against the number one in C- in Region 2, who is? You got to admit, that's a hell of a drive, 450 yards, huh? Yeah, how do you finish again? Dead last? Oh, yeah, yeah. He had a good day, though. Thanks. Hey, pal, I'm having a beer. Hey, put that on my tab. Wow, thanks. Thanks, Phil. You know, I know what you're doing right now, mm. and I don't like it. So why don't you just shut your trap before I put my foot in it? Don't turn your back on me. Let's get one thing straight. This is Shooter's door. I've worked hard my whole life, paid my dues, and now it's Shooter's turn. And Shooter's not about to let his reign at the top be spoiled by some freak sideshow clown. Did you just call me a freak? I think that cut had as many edits as that uh, Alan Hahn DraftKings commercial. I, I don't know, but uh, it is Shooter McGavin, of course, the number one seed in region number two. So Miyagi, Shooter McGavin, mm. on the right side of the bracket, Larry, it is all chalk. The number one overall seed. Gonzaga might not be able to get it done in March, but our what? number one overall seed is still hanging. The number one overall seed is... Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Yes, right side, of course. Strong side. Right yes, side. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Barton Hancho. Yes, of course. <laughs> it is Rocky Balboa, yeah. the number one overall seed. He'll go up against another number one. Not exactly a battle of wits here. The number one other seed is? The, the, the center has has the ball first. And, and, and uh, quarterback will say hike. That's when the center puts the, the ball in, into the, the hands of, of the quarterback. So what I'll do is I, I'll start tackling the quarterback, unless he give the ball to somebody else, in which case I'll, I'll try to tackle that person. Hmm. Gentlemen, what brings me to my next point, don't smoke crack. <laughs> that, of course, greatest line in the movie. That, of course, is Bobby Boucher, the water boy. So the matchups again, Mr. Miyagi versus Shooter McGavin. Rocky Balboa versus Bobby Boucher and Larry voting is now open. At Gordon Damer, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. That's where you can vote. Gordon, for me, I'm telling you right now, 
I think my gut feeling. Yeah. Miyagi against Rocky. I will be. I don't want to say it out loud because I said it out loud last time and I jinxed it. I would be happy, really, with. I could be satisfied with mm-hmm. three of the four. Any of the three of the four winning. Okay. There's only one that I would not. I, I would feel like the entire endeavor has been a complete waste <laughs> of time. So I'm sure that is what's going to happen. But I'll just keep it to myself. Okay. I'll keep it upstairs, and then maybe on Monday we can reveal. I blew By it. the way, yes. I think I have an excellent idea for next year. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> for to continue, maybe we can bring it up a little bit later on in the show. Okay. But right, a poll question on a nightly basis that gets everybody on the staff involved, Ooh. and it allows us to see if anything anywhere ever is better than The Sopranos. Okay, that's a heck of a tease. Yeah, we'll do it maybe a little later, right? All right. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's go to the phones now. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Robbie starts hey, off by ESPN New York tonight. Well, Oh, right, Robbie, let me ask, let me ask you a question yep, first. Yep, let me yep, ask you a question yep, first. Yep. Are you ready for Rangers-Penguins tomorrow night? Yes, I am, absolutely. Yeah, the Rangers definitely play better against their, their uh, higher competition. I've noticed that lately. The Rangers seem to play to the level of their competition. Last night, I couldn't believe it, four shots in 40 minutes. Uh, Gerard Gallant, he always looks happy whether they win or they lose anyway. But, yeah, I'm psyched. You know, they'll probably meet in the first round, Larry. You know, yeah, so yeah, you know, those are, those right, my, go ahead and make your yeah, point. I'm sorry, guys. I just had to All right, you. well, but yeah, well, I wanted to talk about it. The longtime Knicks fan, this is a disgrace. I'm sorry, guys. You know, you scored 63 points and a half, and then you scored 31 in the second <laughs> half. And I mean, I know that I know that Randall's not playing, and Obi did have a good game, and I'm glad Obi's playing minutes. But I mean, you know what? Coach Thibodeau ought to make these guys shoot 100 foul shots every day at practice, yeah. 58% from the line. If they would have shot. If they would have missed three or four foul shots tonight, they would have won the game. It's an absolute joke. This this whole organization's a joke. And why Scott Perry is still the general manager of this organization, and he and Leon Rose ought to be bounced out, and Thibodeau's next to me because I mean it's it's disgusting. I mean you scored you, you scored fourteen points in a quarter after you scored thirty eight in one quarter. What the hell happened? I watched the first half and then I flipped it back on, and uh, I couldn't believe it. They were they were losing. I was like, it's just incredible. I don't understand. Why this team shoots 38 shots in 24 feet. Larry, I have to tell you something. I will take UNC versus Kansas 10 times over than watching these knuckleheads in the NBA, especially a guy like Fournier who's making $74 million, okay, who shoots threes. That's all he does. He finds every way to back off the line. He's got an open link. Can anybody drive to the basket? How many times do I have to see Emmanuel quickly shoot a three? Take the ball in the hole. I'll give R.J. credit. He takes the ball in the hole. Why do, why, I don't understand, guys, the obsessiveness of three-pointers today. It has ruined the game so much for me as a longtime fan. Like tonight, it's, very I don't simple. Saw, but, it's very simple, Robbie. It's and, and I know how you feel about it. I know how you it's feel disgusting. about it. Thanks for the phone call. Yep. Hang in Thanks, there. Buddy. But it's, it's very simple. Three is more than two. And, and that is the thing now about shooting threes and stretching the floor and trying to have better movement for you and all these different things. So that's why... They love the three. I mean, here's all you need to know. Gordon, in the old days of basketball, if you came down and pulled up from that range oh and hit my a God. three on the break, you wouldn't be sitting on the bench. You'd be under the bench. And now, if you don't do that, coaches will yell at you. Let it go. Shoot it. That is the game of basketball today. And unfortunately, <laughs> it's always the guys who can't shoot the three consistently. That put it up all the time. (laughs) 
Well, look, I mean, people love uh, love the long range game. They love you know watch the way games can. You know, there's a reason why these games now you see so many. Oh, they blew a 20 point lead. They blew an 18 point lead. I'm not talking about the Knicks. I'm talking about other teams. Mm-hmm. Because there, there's such a potential for comebacks, and I think that the, the league loves that kind of stuff, that, that you have these wild swings during games. It makes it more exciting. It makes it more interesting. So it's the old thing, adapt or die. And uh, if, you, if you are not someone who enjoys change, I, I, don't know what to t- <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Life is filled with it, unfortunately. You just have to wait until this uh, three-point – Wave dies down, and you'll be waiting a while because it's not going uh, yeah. anywhere. Because as you said, anywhere. three is always going to be worth more than two. That's the bottom line. And it's very simple. Even if the Knicks had hit free throws, they still would not have won this game. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when Brooklyn turned up their defense, Gordon, you had no ball handler with confidence. And so that's how you start getting turnovers that led to easy baskets. That's how when people were going to the basket, sometimes they were fouled, didn't get the call. Sometimes they the ball rolled in and out, rolled around and came out. Once the Nets turned up the pressure, okay, and it's happened over and Gordon, this is like Rocky Eight, <laughs> <laughs> Rocky I mean, Six, Rocky Six and Jaws Five all rolled into one. You knew what was going to happen. Yeah, you knew the script. You well, know, and that's what this was like again. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why everybody wants the superstars on their team. There's a reason why everybody's yeah. trying to get two superstars because they can do that, and they can do that to a lot better team than the Knicks. You know, exactly. the, the the Nets have two superstars, and the Knicks don't really have any. So no. that's what it comes down to. When the, when the Nets wanted to be engaged, they engaged. Yeah, it was you, – and you could see when it switched. Yep. When Durant was yelling at his teammates about not being in position and moving and where they're supposed to be, that's when it changed. He's like, oh, no, 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 we're not losing this. No, 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 we're not losing this game. I mean, he was passive. He was passive. What did he have, like nine points in the first half? When I saw what he had in the first half, I'm like, yeah, okay, this, this is not good. All I needed to know, Larry, was I saw Kyrie Irving being defended effectively by Evan Fournier. I said, well, yeah. I, I can't, this, this, cannot, this cannot stand. This is, this is edited footage. This is uh, deep fakes, as they say on the internet. This is not real fo- This is like the running man. This is, uh, exactly. this is uh, Richard Dawson. They've altered the footage. It can't be real. <laughs> and then what they tried to do after they were struggling in the fourth quarter is run some plays where Burks would post Kyrie. But everybody knew that they were going to post. So what did they do, Gordon? They collapsed in the middle, stole the ball, and went the other way. Yeah. And then Burks was trying to, you know, Burks had been handling the ball very easily. A couple of occasions, Kyrie just, okay, enough of this. Stripped yeah, it, I, mean, I mean, exactly. Like, it, it, the only thing, like, if the Nets didn't need this game tonight, if this was a meaningless game to them and they had already their position, maybe the Knicks mm-hmm. do hold on and win. You're right. But they needed this game. They, 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 can't, lo- they can't lose a game like this to the Knicks. Come no. on. And, oh, and I think they that can't. they enjoy, I think Durant loves, and, and clearly Kyrie loves to kind of tweak the Knicks because they didn't go there and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. So there is that little bit of it as well. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Well, I tell you what, they better not give up 67 points in the first half to uh, Cleveland or Atlanta <laughs> because it could be a little different. And I think yeah. they have Atlanta next. That, that will make the playoff. That will make that play. That will be the most ex- – if the Nets are either 9 or 10, that will make the play-in unbelievable to watch. It definitely will. It definitely will. As a matter of fact, Jay Will was on the Michael K show today, and he had an interesting statement about the Nets this season. We'll hear that and your calls as well next on 98.7 ESPN. 
Going before we hear from Jay Will, let's hear from Buddha in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, yo, Adrian, we about to win this bracket. <laughs> I hope so. Let's hope so, Buddha. From your lips to God's ear. You know it's going to happen, bro. You know it's going to happen. You know, um, you know, oh, my God. You know, I feel like, you know, I, I was listening to Robbie. And I, you know, I love Robbie because Robbie passionate, man. You know, he reminded me of myself, you know, with, with, with the Jets. I mean, you get to this frustration level with these teams. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to choke somebody? To be quite honest, <laughs> <laughs> yep. you know, you know, I, I, you know, I'll just say this much. You know, in terms of free throws, let, let's keep it a stack. The Knicks haven't hit, haven't been a good free throw shooting team since the bomb squad. You know, like that, that's been mm-hmm. about a thirty year run that they miss free throws in a big spot. But you know what? I, you know, and I'm like I said, I'm not a Knicks fan. Y'all know I'm not a Knicks fan, but I, I, I root for them if the Sixers if they're not playing the Sixers and. You know, what makes you the most frustrated and makes you madder than anything else is, like, what's going on right now? Forget the, the wins and losses. It's better they lose. But, like, you know, with Tibbs, you couldn't have played these guys, like, 30 games ago? Uh, you could have played these guys 30 games ago. You wouldn't even be in this situation. There's nothing that Julius Randle, 35, uh, uh, 38 minutes, was giving you that, that, that was different from what the results are right here. And to be honest with you, they play better as a team without him. You know, it, it, you know, he gives me a headache, man. I got to be honest with you. You know, I, the more I watch him, the more I'm, I'm just like, I'm just biding the time for like when they get rid of this dude, man. Like, you know, they yelling, like you said, like you spoke about my tweet, like they yelling, they screaming. Mm-hmm. When you look at the big time coaches in the league now, none of them are doing that. This guy's antiquated, along with his offense, man. But you know, the Donovan Mitchell noise. You know, and, and Bruce has spoke about it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a week ago, whatever. And, and then, listen, me, you know, Papa Lodge, you, Lack, you know, we weren't the biggest R.J. Barrett fans. You know, we saw the, 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 the missing links in his game and things like that. But I'll just say this much, man. You know, as much as Donovan Mitchell scores a lot of points and, you know, he's on, on ESPN a lot. Like, like, what if Utah won? I mean, you can blame it all on Rudy Gobert all you want, but, like, bro, man, like, you know, every time there's losing or every time there's, like, expectations don't get met, I don't look at one individual. I look at the whole team. And he's a, a, a notch below, like, uh, uh, what do you call him? This guy from Phoenix, Booker. Mm-hmm. You know, the big time. Even, I hate to say it, even DeRozan. Like, he's a notch below to them. I would not trade R.J. Barrett for him and get rid of half the team where you're back in that Carmelo situation all again. You know, the, the, the Knicks are similar to the Jets, and I said this to y'all a thousand times, and it is what it is, man. Like, sooner or later, you're going to get it right. The more cracks you get at the apple, the better it is for you. This draft is, is, is deep. I don't think the Knicks are going to get the 12 or the 13. They might get the 9 or the 10. You got to pick the right guy. You know, like with the Jets. Listen, in 2023, we know what it's going to be. C.J. Stroud is going to be there. Mm-hmm. And either you're going to pick him or you're going to stick with what you had and you're going to be disappointed. I mean, that, that's what it really boils down to, man. You're right, Buddha. And thanks for the phone call. And hopefully uh, the gentleman whose name escapes me, who came over from Utah, who I think has done a little better job drafting-wise, uh, Gordon, especially I think this year you could see that you've got some potential with the draft. I don't know how good they're going to be because we haven't seen them play. But, you know, I, I do think McBride has something. Uh, Grimes can, has has had some moments. 
Uh, Jericho uh, Sims played well tonight, Gordon. He's been more offensive-minded. You know, he just needs to learn how to play. He needs to get he needs to get in the weight room and get a little, you know, little, little, little muscular, and add to his game, add to his strength. Uh, you, you've seen some, you've seen some improvement from. I think that they're on the right track, and hopefully they'll be able to, uh, as Buddha mentioned, pick some players where you can have going an immediate impact. I mean, the Nick players that they draft, they don't have an immediate impact. That's the big, that's the big frustration. You, they sit on the bench, they play, they don't play. You, don't, you don't know what's happening. I just want them to find somebody that that comes right in and you say, okay. Here's an impact player that can make that can make a move and help this team immediately. Well, they had the eighth pick in the draft a couple of years ago, and they, that guy that doesn't play. I don't think they're going to have as high as the eighth pick this year unless they get lucky somehow and move up in the draft. Uh, so, yeah, I, I understand what Boot is saying. It just kind of feels like if, if we're going to go that route, this is going to take forever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're going to – this is really going to take – I mean, you only get one draft a year. That's the problem. And I get what he's saying. Eventually, you got to hit it one time. If you could focus a deal primarily around Randall mm-hmm. and then some other pieces. Now, I don't want to – I don't want to load up the truck and just leave two guys left with R.J. Right. Barrett and him but, but and Mitchell, but – I, 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 that that could work. Uh, that that would improve the Knicks. They Absolutely. they need to have. I mean, there's no question that Donovan Mitchell is one of the best top 15 players in the league. Mm-hmm. He's better he, than anybody you have right now. Abs- that's not even a question. As much as I love R.J. Barrett, he's mm-hmm. not as good as as Donovan Mitchell. So if you get those two together, you still have draft picks. I'm not saying unload everything to get them, but I do think that you have to. Leon Rose is, does not have a blank check forever. No, he doesn't. He's, he's had two front. He's had two off seasons now, and he's supposed to be the wheeler dealer guy. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do. I, I need a little bit more wheeling and dealing in my wheeling dealing. <laughs> You're right about that. And he has not done. He's been slow to wheel and deal. Mm-hmm. Very slow. Very slow. Uh, Jay World had an interesting thought about the Nets on the Michael K show, as far as them winning a championship this year. Let's listen to Jack. Ain't no way in hell this team is getting to the NBA Finals. And this is the problem I have to a degree with the Nets. Obviously, Ben Simmons is your best defender. He's your primary defender. He can guard the ball. He can guard the wing. He can guard a multitude of positions. But what's coming down to me and what I'm hearing across the league from a multitude of people, guys, is that there are a lot of GMs, there are a lot of coaches that don't respect Steve Nash's adjustments that he makes in games. They don't see schemes. They don't see that type of next-level thought defensively that is allowing this team to actually draw a stake in the ground. And I know that they can be prolific from a scoring perspective, like KD and Kyrie can go off at any given night. And if they hit at the same rate, yeah, they could win a play-in scenario. I actually think even if they hit in the high rate, there's a chance that they go against the Miami Heat, I will give them a legitimate chance to beat the Heat. But against Milwaukee, against the Boston Celtics, even without Robert Williams or the way they defend, I don't see them getting by that. But I have really questioned Steve Nash's ability in-game adjustments. Is he the right coach to lead this team? You know, that's that that was the question last year, Gordon. We all had that same question about it because he hadn't had a lot of experience as a head coach or as an assistant. And then, you know, we heard what the players say, you know, well, we, we can coach, we can do this. So it, it is an interesting view. And once again, look, we understand they can score. We saw that tonight, Gordon. And 38 points, boom, just like that. But like we said earlier, when you play the elite teams – you can't exchange baskets. There's got to be a stretch 
where you can shut them down and not exchange. Now, the other on the other side, I will say this. As you play a team in a series, they're not going to come up with a whole lot of different plays <laughs> for you. You're going to know what they do, and they're going to know what you do. And so as the series goes, the adjustments are going to be uh, more more strategic, but I think they'll be easier because you kind of know what people are doing. And then it, it just it's just a, okay, we did this, they took that away, all right, now we have to come up with something else because this is what they're doing to counter that. So uh, the net bench is going to have their work cut out for them if they continue to struggle defensively the way they've been so far. I'd have to laugh if, if somebody came to Steve Nash saying, you know, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. Was I supposed to do that? I mean, that was not what I was brought in to be. I, I was supposed to be someone that would give the two stars of the team free reign and allow them to do what they, you know, I'm sure Steve Nash is doing stuff in terms of preparations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if you I mean, if you were looking for a coach that had experience and, and had a real resume in terms of drawing up plays as a coach and, and schemes and all that type of stuff, there was a thousand different ways you could have went that probably would have been better than Steve Nash. Not, yeah. I mean, Steve Nash is a great player, and yeah. who knows? Maybe he will be a great coach in time, mm-hmm. but that was not what he was brought in to do. So if, if you have any complaints, I don't think you should bring them to Steve Nash. I think you should bring them to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Heck, the coach you had was fit that bill. That's what Kenny Atkinson was. Right. He was a guy who made adjustments. He was a guy who had, had a lot of experience. He was a guy who, you know, could do those things. Yeah, and, he had. A, he had. He, well, he problem was he had too many opinions apparently, <laughs> and they were not. They were not. Uh, your opinions are not required here. That's right. We don't. We don't care what you say. We'll yeah. tell you what to say. <laughs> How about that? Let's go to the phone. Dante is in Queens. He's next on ninety eight seven. Hey Dante. Hold on a second. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Dante, what um, you got? Yeah. I mean, t- tonight's game, it's just like I, – my whole thing is like I get that we're out of the playoffs. And, you know, I respect that they're still trying to play hard and play pro- – but, like, at what point does pride set in? Don't you get tired of being beat by this overrated team? <laughs> it, it, it's sickening. You know, it, it's, it's really sad, and it's like, you know – the team, okay, fine. You gave up the twenty-one point lead, but then it's like they 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 morph into like basically cowards. And I understand, you know, we do need another we 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 do need a playmaking point guard. But at some point, when the pressure is on, you got to grow a pair. Like seriously, it, 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 it's embarrassing. Anything to do with their pair, I think that they don't have they don't have the necessary talent to go up against the pair of Brooklyn Nets, who are legitimate superstars. And the other thing, Dante, and thanks for the phone call, it, it's very simple. Um, their confidence is shot in fourth quarters. They've lost so many fourth quarter games that it's almost like they wait for it to happen. And they just don't know what to do. And that's why we keep talking about point guard, point guard, point guard, point guard. There's no leadership. Nobody understands what to do. And, and there's nobody that, can, that is confident enough to match up where you can get into a battle and it's only one or two key shots that you need sometimes to stem a run. You know, going to, if, if you're able to, and just the turnovers and the missed free throws, it's, it's a bunch of things and it happens over and over again. And I understand Dante's frustration because 
this is the second time they've had the 20, what was it, 28 in February? They had a 28-point lead that they gave up. And tonight is a 21-point lead that they gave up. And, okay, like you said, you know they're going to make a run. But at some point, when do you answer that run? And when do you get into an exchange, even if you lose late? But it's just like they just – it went from – it was a 21-point lead, and then the Blues losing like – they lose by 10. I mean, it was like a 31-point swing. That's not easy to do. <laughs> well, I'll say this. Knicks have blown far bigger leads against far worse teams than the Brooklyn Nets. So yeah. I get his frustration. Uh, it's been a long season, and it's clearly personal for, for him. Yes. <laughs> As you can kind of hear it in his voice. Yeah, he's He's upset. sick of losing to the Nets. But, I mean, here's the deal. The Nets are better. The Nets are way better than They're the better. Knicks. They got more talent. Absolutely. And they needed this game. The Knicks aren't playing for anything. Nope. This is a talent shortage team. It is. They don't have a lot of talent. They don't, and you saw it tonight. Jeff Van Gundy was on with our morning show, you know, the one following DPH and Rothenberg, DPH and Rothenberg, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8. KJM, Keyshawn J. Will, and Max from 8 to 10. Jeff Van Gundy, the former Knicks and Rockets head coach, was on, and they asked Jeff, should the Knicks trade for Anthony Davis? In New Orleans, when he was their best player, I think they won one playoff series, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not like a guarantee for more playoff success. They could get rid of some bad contracts, you know, because that's a lot of salary. So, you know, the Knicks didn't have a great offseason with who they signed uh, either. So it's not as crazy now that I'm thinking about it as I first thought, but I still, if I was the Knicks, it would be the Knicksian thing type thing to do, but I wouldn't (laughs) do it. Gordon, well, who was what are we laughing? what are we talking about giving up though? Who was who was that laughing in the back? Yeah, I, oh, that? I mean, you know who that snake is. <laughs> that snake. He was at the I think he was at the garden tonight in the box in the luxury be. box. Of course he would be. Oh, what a snake that Max Kellerman is. <laughs> Verified Nick hater. If he Number hates one. it, then it's good. If he <laughs> likes it for the Knicks, it's bad. That's right. That's right. Jeff Van Gundy asked about Anthony Davis. And Russell Westbrook to the Knicks. Gordon, here's what he has Oh, to say. God. I mean, I'm sure Max will love that one for them. Max oh, suggested my that AD and Westbrook in a package deal. Now, mind you, in New York City, in a package deal, get moved to the Knicks. What do you think about that? Why? Well, I mean, <laughs> why? for who? See? I'll, I'll be honest with you. If they do that, I might become a verified Nick hater. Who's, and whose idea was it? Kellerman's. Yeah, of course. Oh, of course. Verified Knicks hater. Verify. He's a snake. He's a weasel. He is all those things and so much more. He is a verified Nick hater. You cannot take anything that he said. There's a group of them, and yeah. Max might be the president. He's the president and founder. <laughs> hey, I think he might be the founder. He might have been the very first person that we inducted into the verified Nick hater club. He's the president and founder. There's, there's no question about it. And he, and he was miserable last year. And the funny thing is, back in the day, years and years ago, I, would, I worked with Max. He used to have the 10 o'clock slot. Mm-hmm. And it was back when Isaiah was here, and they had Eddie Curry, yeah. and they had Channing Fry, and he loved the Knicks. He was convinced, no, Isaiah's going to get this turned around. Because so he's not always been heart. this way. Yeah, they broke him. They broke him hard, because no they question. Broke him, he's miserable. Miserable. He is miserable. Uh, Gordon, I want no parts of Anthony Davis. No, uh, I, I can't. I, no look, parts I, of Anthony I, I guess it would kind of depend on what I could get him. If I could get him for nothing, 
But I mean, the guy's always hurt. He's, uh, he's, always, he's, he's hurt. always hurt. And who's getting him the ball? Like that? The, what does that fix? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is he going to be the point guard? Yeah, he he probably can handle better than anybody we got right now. But see that, that see that, this is the scary thing is that now that there's two years in and Leon Rose this offseason has to make some big move. Yeah. He can't go out there again and kind of halfway it. So mm-hmm. these are some of the names that are getting mentioned. And if it's he's the good. Wheeler Dealer guy, that's it's not good. It's, it's scary, Larry. It's it scary. Is. It is. You don't want it to go this way. No. You you want talent, but you don't want that talent. Right. All of a sudden, we're talking about, oh, well, I don't know if I do the Donovan Mitchell deal. All of a sudden, you got Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. That's right. And you're wondering why. Yeah. <laughs> but look, there'll be some Nick fan. No, Russell Westbrook in New York, his attitude. Blah, 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 blah. No, that's a move the Knicks have made a thousand times before. They I don't have. need to, I, I've seen that movie. That's Jaws 5 and, and Rocky 8. Yeah, it is. And And here's the thing. I mean, he, they don't make the playoffs with LeBron. I mean, that's all you need to know. I mean, you know. What and a I get, that and is. listen, and I get that he handles the ball and everything, and maybe they should have overlapped it where LeBron sits and he runs the show a little bit. But Gordon can't shoot. No. Russell Westbrook just can't shoot. He's so inconsistent. And he, and he, was, he was better. But he was better when he was just, listen, here's the positives about him. Nobody plays harder. He runs up and down the court like a maniac. Nobody plays harder. Unfortunately, he has no mid-range game. He has even a worse three-point game. And he, he's just not good anymore. And it's sad to watch him, you know, uh, knowing how he used to play. I mean, he was a walking, going just a couple of years ago, he was a walking triple-double. He broke Oscar Robertson's record for triple-doubles in the season. Which points, rebounds, and assists, he was, he was outstanding. Done. He's done. And when they made that trade, a lot of people, a lot of Laker fans were critical. And LeBron was on Twitter essentially saving, saying, no, no, you know, this is going to – you guys keep that intensity. And when, it, mm-hmm. when we show you that it's going to work, you come back to me. I'll, I'll, you come back to me when – and then as it's not turned around, he has since deleted that tweet. I'm sure. Yeah. That's a sign of an, the ultimate. More so than missing the playoffs, LeBron yeah. going back and finding the tweet yeah. and deleting it. Not good. My bad. <laughs> this is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.